Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones Tower of Babel Breakdown. This is for Season 5, Episode 5, Kill the Boy. As always, my name is Julian Musch. I am joined by my co-host and book reader friend, Daniel D'Souza. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. It's uh, late on a Monday night, so hoping to get this out quick for all of our fans out there who like to listen to us break this stuff down as early as possible. Um, this episode is a bit different. Um, I would say this is more conventional style television than it was uh, what we're used to in Game of Thrones. Very much like a, uh, uh, it was bookended by two two parts, and then the middle was pretty much very, yeah. it was very centered linear. in one area, um, talking about the same things and the same topics about the same people, um, just from different perspectives, which is why it's very unusual for Game of Thrones. I'm not sure if I'm actually sold on how they did this. Um, I think it might actually make our job a lot harder, at least for a, <laughs> like a full-length um, podcast like we're usually used to. Uh, just because it it seemed to deal with less things, there's less things to to break down when they're all talking about the same topics, just with different people. You know, you yeah, know I mean? like we're not going to break down every sentence, so it's just <laughs> the listen. Yeah, this isn't Game of Thrones sentence breakdown cast. Okay, this is oof. Was, oof, rough. Not your not your best work there. <laughs> I think, honestly, Dan, I think every time I start recording one of these episodes, I think, man, I can't wait to butcher some sort of terrible joke. <laughs> I, well, like you I, got a good streak going right now. So yeah, man, if there's up. a drinking game for that one, then <laughs> people are drunk. <laughs> so let's right. get into it. Um, yeah. We'll start in, I guess, I want to start with everything in Marine, and uh, we'll start with everything with Danny. deal with all that. We'll go into the North stuff, and then we'll end with the Tyrion and uh, Jorah stuff. How's that sound? That makes sense. Okay. So in Marine, we have... Grey Worm is con- is not dead, confirmed. We, were, we weren't sure for sure last week, but now we know. Sir Barristan, dead for sure. We do know. Unfortunately, he is dead. That. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. Book readers Tragic. are still pissed about it. Um, <clears throat> everyone else is still kind of like, huh, I was only just barely getting to know the guy. <laughs> um, we have, it starts with a scene with Masende sitting uh, next to, pretty much a hospital scene. Um, Nothing happens. Then we, <laughs> then we find that then we have Danny being upset that Sir Barristan's dead. So we're just see oh, dead bodies. Yeah. yeah, see dead bodies without the uh, the stones over the eyes. Is that only for noble people, or is that only a Westeros? Uh, Westeros it's thing? it's for people of faith of the seven. So Barristan should have mm-hmm. had it, but that that was I get I don't know. They just got his body there. That wasn't his like funeral. Oh, okay. All right. It did seem prepared though. Like you know, it was it was he was kind of the the focal point of the room. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what her plan is. Okay. She's angry at this point, so she's not really thinking about that kind of stuff. Well, I, it's not for her to think about that kind of stuff anyway. She's not the funeral director or something of I think dragons. she's closest he has to next of kin at this point. <laughs> I guess. Um, so she's pissed off about... She makes has this really great line about how this he was this nobleman, noble man uh, who was killed in, the, in a dark alley by people hiding behind masks, which I liked. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that I like that he was dead. I just like that line, um, and uh, and then what does she do? She she's like, she looks for advice from that guy, that... Dario, and then also uh, his dar. Yes. So then... yeah. So Dario has his plan to retreat into the pyramid district, which is sweet that they even have a pyramid district. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Hisdar El Zarak, is that his name? Hisdar right? Zolarak. Zolarak. You know, El Zarak, Zolarak. Sounds like they all sound like Star Trek names. Um, <laughs> so <sighs> they're both kind of like. Um, I, okay, so Dario's preaching, you know, hold up in their little, in their fortress and then like. And then kind of like sweep the city. Yeah, systematically, district by district, just yeah. wipe them out. Okay. And then what's Hisdar's suggestion in this at this portion of the, of the episode? <clears throat> I don't think he really makes a suggestion. I think he just says he's sorry for her loss. And you know, he's just he just there at the wrong wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. right? So Danny's upset and she decides to she's going to gather all the heads of the major families. Mm-hmm. So there's is that how that works in Marine? There's there's like houses similar to like there is in Westeros, except they're just sort of. Uh, so when she took Marine, they they were called the Wise Masters. They were just the slave masters. So they're they're the most prominent houses. They control the slave trade and most of the any trade in that city really. Okay. So his daughter was also one of the. Well, he's the head of the major family now. After she killed his father, like she crucified his father along the way. Right, right. I remember that he brought the body and said he wanted to, he yeah. wanted proper burial. Right. Okay. Yes. So. We get a sweet scene where they're in the, um, her dragon den uh, in the basement and pretty much making them walk the plank, uh, the heads of these houses. Trying to, I guess, what is she trying to do here? Just set an example? Say that you can't get away with this kind of stuff? I guess it's sort of punishment because she knows uh, to some capacity at least one of them, are, like some of them are involved in mm-hmm. the Sons of the Harpy. Like they're, that's their backing. They just won't admit to it. Yeah. So maybe part of her is trying to get one of them to confess and maybe she just wants to make someone hurt fair enough yeah it's a little bit of both a little column yeah, a little column b two, two birds one stone <laughs> or, or one man two dragons um so i don't know if that works the same way no it does not this the, the <laughs> same the saying doesn't work but it, it is a good segue to the fact that she she's i think danny here is actually a little concerned she doesn't really know what's going to happen because last mm-hmm. time she was down there she wasn't really sure what was going to happen so she's like okay well she hopes that one of them are hungry i guess so Forces them forward, and one of them ends up being um, lit on fire. <laughs> and yeah, like she, cho- she chooses one to push into, yeah. like I, I guess a couple feet more forward, which yeah. is where dragons eat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> and then so they light him on fire and then rip him in half to share. Now, yeah, is- it was really sweet Jurassic Park scene, <laughs> the Lost World. Is that what? Oh right! Um, Remember in the Lost World, the, the 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 Jeep scene where the guy gets ripped in half with two T Rexes. That's in. Oh right! Actually, I do remember that. Yes, but Lost were, World. Yeah, that was the, in the second. You know, no one really talks about the second one. Um, you know, what? go back and rewatch it. It, it. It's not bad. It's not as bad as people. The first it. one's for sure the best, yeah. and the second one is is second place. The I third like, one. Yeah. I like that. Um, uh, what's his name gets a prominent role in it. Uh, Malcolm. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. What's he be doing these days? He should get a role on Game of Thrones. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) back to the episode. Um, So, okay. So she, 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 whatever. Dragon. Then we cut away. At that point, we we go to the north, but we're going to stick to Marine. Okay? Um, Yeah. Of course, Danny makes a a cute line about you don't want to overfeed them, which is funny. Um, and then, so I think at this point her plan is sort of to like day by day do the same thing until one of them confesses or you know what if she you gets know, some sort of yeah but what if none of them do and she just kills them all and then she's back to square one <laughs> pretty much it's a short sighted plan but <laughs> what else is she going to do 
I well, yeah, I guess I she was. Yeah, no, she didn't have really any. She doesn't. She was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Or they, the sense of the harpy keep um, escalating the violence, and she can't really escalate back without, um, you know, creating an up like an uproar in the city, right? So mm-hmm. she had to do something, and this is what she came up with. So we'll stay in Marine. So she, we get another scene with Grey Worm and Masende, and I just can't care. I just can't bring myself to no, care. No, there's, talk- there's no point. We've talked, any of that. we've talked about this so many times, and I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up until they make us give us a reason to care. There's no, they never gave us a reason to care. Why do we care about Grey Worm? Why do we care about Masinde? The whole point is that Grey Worm is supposed to have no emotion, like whatever. But also, um, it was such a, it wasn't written the way the rest of the, the rest of the show is written in such a way that it's always kind of surprising. It's always like, like you're involved. And this felt very much like a procedural, like a, like a very classic line from any like er or some bullshit yeah, where they, well, they were in a hospital <laughs> you know the guy but they're first of all he looks over and asks about the other guy she just shakes her head instead of saying anything which nobody would do in real life and then well no you don't do that that's that's a terrible way to answer someone's question especially when they're asking if their friend died yeah i guess were we supposed to assume then, that they were friends i don't i don't know if we well that's to... that's whatever okay and then um <clears throat> afterwards the the again classic uh i wasn't scared for my life i was just scared that i would never see you again and then a kissing scene like <laughs> straight out of a romantic comedy <laughs> it's it just felt like that because this this whole storyline between the two of them is so rushed and they're, they're like making it up as they go along and it's very much on the back burner like it's, it's it's not nobody cares about it and they know that but they have to do it to make these characters a little bit more interesting it's just they, they probably took a few shortcuts there you know <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was pain it was painfully bad yeah i, was, I, just, I remember sitting there th- saying out loud i don't care <laughs> I was waiting, like waiting for the scene to end, essentially. Yeah. Um, but then we had another scene with Masende. She's apparently left Grey Worm to heal, and mm-hmm. Danny is looking for advice. Um, She—it's kind of a weird scene. I remember thinking about it, even though um, I was still super. Okay, I, I'm gonna be honest with everyone, and I was really sleepy when I watched this episode last night. Sleepy. I didn't watch it at two a.m., which was also a mistake. But I did it anyway because I knew I had to watch mm. it because I wasn't getting guilty because I had to. It, it, <clears throat> I had to do it, so it's fine. I just I'm a little hazy on some of the details, but that's why we do this so we can catch up. Everyone can catch up, right? So, the scene was weird because she's like, it's it reminded me. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like a Bioware RPG. The way she like. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it. She, oh my god! The way she posed the question was like if you were the main character and you were talking to, and you had to make some major decision mm-hmm. about the you know, life and death of your party so she just chose the the neutral one on the on the on the <laughs> conversation wheel right yeah, it wasn't yeah. red it wasn't blue she just chose neutral and like, yeah and it was like do i a uh burn <laughs> burn everyone alive or do i b let them just murder everyone and they both terrible options or c uh Vicente's option you know the creative third option. Um, you know you find the find the option no one else could think of. Um, mm. But yes, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a dialogue option wheel that uh, she went with gray. Um, so, or she just pressed like square to skip it, and that was like the neutral one that they just put throw in as okay. the creators. <laughs> yeah. So then we get this weird scene where she well. I didn't know what to expect, really. So she goes down and sees Hisdar. Is that his name? Again, Hisdar, right? Yes. yes. And he's been locked up. He's in <clears throat> He's in jail. 
um, he's in the doghouse, <laughs> and uh, and she's like, I come up with an option, and it's I'm going to marry one of the the this oh my God, she's gonna marry one of the heads of the houses in Marine to like as a show of good faith. Is mm-hmm. that is that kind of what it is? It, and, it's sort of like like a way to consolidate her power because she's still at this point an outsider yeah. should she marry in just like the way marriages work in Westeros like these we've noticed or we've seen in the show recently that marriage plans kind of change the game more so than the wars yeah. right so if she marries into it it would be like uh, Sansa marrying Ramsay it would consolidate the, their power in the north so it would it would mean that she's accepted into their culture I guess. in Marine. but if her plan if her ultimate plan is to go over and retake Westeros right well, I mean, I guess it is, but she's not really focused on or even talking about that at this yeah. point. Right? She, but, she wants to prove that she can be a ruler of this one place before she's a ruler okay. of seven kingdoms. I guess, but by marrying... Okay, we'll skip to the end where she says she's going to marry his, uh, his dar, which is, yes. again, very surprising. It's a very odd choice for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, and he looks... I love how, like, confused he is on, like, his face is like, I, um, uh... <laughs> like he doesn't even believe it's happening. Um, anyway, so if she marries him, she kind of like her chances of using that tactic in the future, unless he dies, becomes you know she's she's played that card. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, also, and she mentioned that she was going to reopen the fighting pits, which is what he had been trying to get her to do for however long, because that's that's part of their culture that everyone oh, looks yeah, for, slave master alike, right? Yeah. So she's doing this, and it, I guess it, the reason that it, she'd be accepted in their culture is that their children would be of both, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so she's placating. The thing that doesn't make sense about this is that she's really just giving in to the sons of the harpy. You I know. know. Like, oh, okay. She's not even fighting back. She's just placating them. She's just giving them exactly what they wanted. She's, you know. I, that, I remember thinking, okay, thank you for reminding me of that. That very key part that I, must, that I forgot was that, yeah, she is reopening the fighting pits, with a caveat that it's only, you know, willing participants, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Yeah, no slaves. But, I mean, again, like like they've said earlier, it's like these people are slaves in all but name. Like they, there's a lot of poor people that would have no choice and yeah. there are rich people that would pay them to do this. So it's it's not a huge change. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just thinking, man, you went, you're going to reopen the fighting pits? This fucking season started with her saying she's not going to reopen the fighting pits. This is now <laughs> the fifth episode and now she's just going to... Go ahead and do it. You know how much time we would we could have saved if we just skipped to this part where less people would have been burnt to death and eaten. We would have had well, less I guess, people with you their can, heads chopped off. What you can take away from this is hopefully Daenerys is at least uh, confident enough to like make her own decision. She's she's not uh, indecisive anymore, right? I guess. So hopefully her dragons come back. I don't. Know, has she decisively made the right decision here? Is the question? I think. Well, it's it's not even about right or wrong. It's about her being the one to make the decision and sticking with her plan. Like like Missandei told her, like it's just you. You're making the decision, right? Yeah. So wanna, she's gonna yeah. believe in her herself, have confidence in her own decision, and move forward, and don't even think about the haters. Yeah. No. Yeah. No haters. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Does that cover everything in Marine? Are we? Is that? Uh... Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, people, yourself included, are understandably frustrated and bored with Danny's story. Like she's again stagnant. This, this classic season two, <laughs> classic. It, it it almost it has so many similar like. Yes, more there is more <clears throat> exciting things happening, but the fact that like in season two, like they would do things and then like make a decision and then 
would like come back to that same decision again like three episodes later and be like oh what we decided didn't work so back to square one this is like the same thing just just with a different situation you know what i mean yeah i don't know and and we'll see what happens in in her city like is this really going to create peace do you think the sons of harvey are just going to accept her because she did this i doubt it you know she's still an outsider she's still hated by most of them she's still crucified I, i can't remember the number but it was you know, a couple hundred of their uh, masters, like. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, and there's that. There's still that scheming prostitute that killing all of the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's a huge player, but <laughs> <laughs> she seems to be. Every time that someone dies in Marine, she's around. She's clearly the mastermind behind the Sons uh, of the Harpy. She, they've been teasing it this whole time. We've, we're on to it. <laughs> okay. um, you got to hear first. So no one. Uh, Nothing less to talk about in Marine. Let's move on to Castle Black. Okay. Um, we have a great scene with... Um, it's kind of weird. So does it start with Sam and Gilly, and they're chatting about books? Yes. Yeah, and you know, are, are these all the books, which is like, which is really funny. So cute, though. <laughs> are these, this is all the books. Have you read all the books? Well, you know, not all the books, just most of them. <laughs> and then, um, she, what does he say? Where's the biggest library he said it was in... Uh, Old Town. Where's that? Is that in... Okay, so <clears throat> Old Town is in, in, it's in the Reach. It's very far south, so they are vassals to uh, House Tyrell. Like Marjorie Tyrell and them, right? Okay. Uh, and also, the other important thing to note about Old Town, I don't think he mentioned it. Oh, no, he did. He said the Citadel. That's where all the maesters are trained. Oh, okay. So there's a, you know, a big university there where the maesters are trained, and then they're sent to every lord in Westeros has a maester to help them that's that's a really convenient system they've got going there you know you know for every lord there's a maester and there's a whole school for them like mm-hmm. and do like how do they get how do they get do they get assigned are they like a, pretty like, much yeah yeah hmm. they're 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 at the school as long as they want to be because they can you know they forge links on their chain right you remember in like i think it was season one maester lewin from winterfell was talking to brand about the different links of the chain so like the gold link is, symbolizes uh, he's good at math and counting numbers and figures and, you know, yeah. do, that kind of stuff. And then the silver is something else. There's an iron one for, like, I, I can't remember what they're all for. It doesn't matter. And then there's a, a link that's Valyrian steel, which means they um, study the higher powers, so, like, magic and hmm. blood magic and that kind of stuff. So cool. they can stay as long as they want, but a lot of them get sent off to serve a lord when they feel like they're ready. Hmm. Cool. Um, and... Okay, then Stannis comes down. No, <clears throat> yep. St- yeah, 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 Stannis comes down. What does he have to say? I don't even. I just remember Gilly so, running okay. away. Yeah, Gilly ran away right away. <laughs> Stannis kind of just wanted to talk to Sam about the White Walkers, about what's yeah. coming, right? And <clears throat> it's like, also, he talks about Sam's father, Randall, who is yeah. one of the best soldiers in Westeros. I really like Stannis. That. Respects him as a. You know they're they're rivals, but they're both great uh, strategicians, right? Yeah. And then um, strategist is strategist strategists strategists. I don't think that's a word. Strategist probably strategist. Yeah, it's strategist. Right? Um, and so I just statisticians thought, though. Yeah, that's something else. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really like that um, Stannis is like uh, tell him like mentioned. Um, his brother, we, we almost never talk about, Rowan never talks about Robert anymore. Uh, we get a lot of Ned references here and there, but no, not a lot of Robert ones. And 
yeah she's like he's that was the the only battle they lost in the the in robert's rebellion was against sam's dad yeah and where does it where's sam from <clears throat> um Ooh, you don't have this one right on the top hang on yeah you just keep talking i'll figure it out <laughs> anyway i just really like that uh it's it just it, it brings everything full circle hornhill uh, from hornhill and we're and we're both in the world of, is that so that's in the Stormlands, I believe, or maybe the Reach. Yeah, I think, no, no. I think no. the Tarleys are vassals to the, yeah, House Tyrell as well. Okay. All the cool stuff happens in, uh, <laughs> was that the, what you said, the Reach? Yeah. The, okay. I, the Reach is one of those areas that we haven't really been to at all of the show yet. No. And it has a cool name, which, uh, so it's, it's weird that we haven't gone there. But it doesn't really matter. What the like the capital is does if if we ever go there on the map it'll just say reach and then oh that was so annoying <laughs> I hate it so much still doing that in, with Dorne by the way we didn't mention that but it's you just got to get over it you just have to accept that that's what's gonna happen I'm hoping at least that once they actually go to Sunspear they'll call it Sunspear you know that's not gonna happen right that's you can't ridiculous it, to me <laughs> I feel like they're never really gonna it, it's just never gonna be that clear that that that's the name of the place you know also Sunspear doesn't have like that that ringing name for a city like Winterfell or, or... Or King's Landing. I don't think King's Landing really has that. Or Highgarden. I mean, I, have, we haven't been there yet, but yeah. I don't know. All right, whatever. The point is, we're still in Castle Black. We're, okay, we have Stannis talking to Sam. That was nice. Then Sam, uh, then Stannis leaves. Or no, then that scene's over, whatever. Did like it, though. I just... I like this Stannis is like going around just talking to people, just like a regular dude, and he, he isn't just slumming around his dragonstone. Yeah, what I like about it is like <clears throat> he's not one of the people that just uh, counts them off. You know, like he he says, "Keep reading, Master Tarly," or something like some yeah. along those lines, because that's Sam's greatest asset is is his intelligence and how he reads these books and absorbs the knowledge and can use it. Yeah. Right. So they're going to need Sam in a in a different capacity. He's not a warrior; he never has been, but he still has use within the Night's Watch, and he's still yeah. an important piece of this war to come. He's a bit portly to be an, uh, to be a, a warrior. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have a scene with uh, John and uh, so Matt, Meister Eamon and Sam are hanging out. They get a letter about <laughs> about about Danny, right? Um, which is weird. Who's sending he, these letters? That, that I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make it much, any sense. <laughs> okay. I, I was just wondering if anyone else caught that. He's like, he's like reading, it's like a storybook. It's like, um, uh, yeah. or whatever that, what's that, what's that movie where it's like a fantasy movie, but there's that guy reading that book. Um, uh, uh story. What? No, no. Yes. Yeah. That that's, movie. that's exactly. But that's not the, mo- that's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Okay. Yeah. And actually, I'll bring this back to Game of Thrones for a sec. There's a really funny Princess Bride Game of Thrones mashup that is really, really, really funny. And it's like, you know how it cuts back and forth between him reading the book and like uh, the actual story that the, the that he's reading to him? Yeah. Um, so they have, they use those like little cuts of like him reading the book and like him, they're making it look like he's reading Game of Thrones to this like little young, this young boy. And it's <laughs> it's really, really, really funny. Uh, I would encourage anyone to go check that out. Um, so, uh, and then we get a nice little callback to anyone who forgot that Maester uh, Aemon is a Targaryen. Um, and that he's old. We get, we get a couple... Re- re- <laughs> I don't know if that's a callback. That's well, no, no, no. Just a reminder that, yeah, he's a, he's a Targaryen. There's only one other one, and that's Danny, And he feels bad for her, I guess. And that he's probably going to die soon. I think that's where we can pretty much take... 
that away from that. It just yeah, kind of he reminder. feels that he's dying. Um, and then, well, he's what, like 100 years old? He's something along those lines. He's he's very elder. <laughs> so wait, if Meister Eamon dies, do they get a new Meister? Meister? Yeah. Okay. So they would need it. Well, the, what, what would happen is if, if Meister Eamon dies, they would let the Citadel know in Old Town and they would either choose somebody or organize them for a new Meister to be sent there. Huh. Okay. Cool. Um, but he would also have to take the black. Yeah. Duh. I mean, but I mean, Meister, like, it seems like the Meister has its, like, his, he's kind of, like, independent power at, in the... uh, Not at Castle Black. Everywhere else, yes. But at Castle Black, he would still have, he would, he would have to take the, he would have to be a brother of the Night's Watch and then become, or a Meister, but a combination of both, not one or the other. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. Um, and then we have a nice scene with John and my Meister Eamon, which, um... We gets we get the 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 title of the episode here. I was not sure what 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 that meant last week. I was like, "Kill the boy." It's a, it's a and you I, is this a very famous line from the book? Uh, yeah, what, it's, yeah, it's very big in John's story. I was kind of like I I I almost wanted it earlier, like the episode where he took Janice's head. Yeah, was called High Sparrow because the High Sparrow had one scene in it, and it was the introduction of his character. Yeah, but really could have been called "Kill the Boy" because that was John making one of those. Like that's the, the type of decision he has to make. Yeah, is, but you can't call it "Kill the Boy" unless you say the line. I know, but they could have that. That line could have been in that episode too. But um, anyways, that's a huge part of John's command. Once he becomes Lord Commander, that's Maester Eamon tells him that, and like, there's I couldn't tell you how many passages in the book John's like "Kill the Boy," "Kill the Boy," like just singing in his own head. Oh, really? To try um, to like make the right decision. Is 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 um. <laughs> I feel like a lot of things that happens around John is just like are phrases, catchphrases that just like ha- that are spoken to him <laughs> that become famous. Like you don't know, you don't, you know nothing. Kill the boy. There's probably mm-hmm. others that I don't know of or can't remember. But those, those the fact that those are two major ones. Those are the two biggest ones in John. And, and and they're both like just spoken to him. It seems like a, as a like, that's pretty funny. Um, although I still do. Man, the way that they cut between, and this goes back to our last week's conversation about um, uh, the theory, jo- the Jon Snow theory. The way they cut between uh, Sam uh, and uh, and Ma- Maester, I want to say Master, it's Maester, Maester Aemon, talking about how she- Danny's the la- the only surviving Targaryen, right? Mm-hmm. And then Jon walks in the fucking door the next second. It's just like, I just feel like they're they're just keep there's there's a reason that they did that that way you know if it definitely not, adds to that you know i'm just i'm worried that the showrunners are really just fucking with everybody you know like they're putting <laughs> too much of that in there so that we, everybody gets their hopes yeah, up you're, and now, you're, now you're trying to do like you're trying to overthink it you know like yeah uh, you can't you can't overthink it man and just let it happen let it wash over you <laughs> like a shower <laughs> i don't know what washes over what else washes over you um sunlight uh sure Sure. Okay. Anyway, um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, <clears throat> are we missing anything with the the John and Maester Aemon stuff? I don't. Know. The only thing I would say is that the, the advice that Maester Aemon gives John is like we we can draw a line with with Daenerys and John. Like they're both in a leadership position now, mm-hmm. and um, Maester Aemon is basically telling him like it doesn't matter whether people hate you or not. You make the decisions, and you have to live with it. But you you need to be sure of yourself right yeah and that's an advice that probably would have helped Daenerys at, at some point and Missinde 
not in the same way, but kind of told her like you need you. It's it's up to you. Yeah, you're the one who's in charge. You're the one who's going to make the decision. So you are the one who's going to live with it. Well, there's a so, reason that they use these two storylines for this episode. They do yeah, that's what, that's what I'm like saying. Like you parallels. can you can you can draw these parallels. Mm-hmm. So. Now we find out what John's plan is. He's kind of hinting at it with uh, Eamon. But now his plan is he's going to meet with uh, Tormund Giantsbane. That's his full name, right? Mm-hmm. It's Giantsbane. Because I, I couldn't remember, but then it came to me and then I wasn't sure. It sounded a little over the top. Um, and then <laughs> and he's going to pretty much propose the same deal that he offered um, Mance. That it's pretty much the same deal. Am I, am I missing anything? The only difference is Stannis is the one who offered the deal to Mance, not John. Okay, yeah, but now John has the authority. So John's offering the same deal, but he doesn't require that Tormund kneels. Yeah. And he doesn't require that the Wildlings join Stannis' army. He's just giving them land. Okay. And he wants them close to the wall for when... Yes. Okay. Makes sense. So Tormund being the more reasonable of the of the two between him and Mance, um, he agrees, but with one condition, that John has to come with him north of the wall to where? Uh, they... they said that the wildlings, the remaining wildlings that were able to escape would meet Hard at home? Hardhome, which is... <clears throat> sounds like a lovely place. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's essentially like a little fishing village. It's, it's, it's on the coast, on the uh, eastern side of the, the wall there. Okay, so it's, a, it's north of the wall on the eastern shore. North of, yeah. It, it's sort of like a little bay, like it's Hudson's Bay. It's, it's on Hudson's Bay. <laughs> okay. Um it's called the Bay of Seals or something like that, but it like okay. did you it looks almost identical. Okay. So their plan is they they have to get there. He says that they could get there in a week, which again doesn't mean anything in the show. Probably know that could take two seasons for them to get there or uh, you know, an Well, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot quicker than that. I'm pretty sure episode 8 is called Hard Home. <laughs> um, We're going to see something from them at some point okay um i say dumb 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 i wrote that into my show notes with him mm-hmm. having to go with him um because anytime you have to go north of the wall there your your chances of running into a white walker you know obviously increase exponentially <laughs> um, yes. it's very dangerous to run off the wall right and john's been very we've been having you know, john's been relatively safe in that castle, um, you know, relative, like I said, relatively speaking. Um, but now he has to go out. I'm not, I'm wondering how many men he's going to take with him. Um, how much do we really trust Tormund, you know? Uh, a lot of these, you know, these things. And we find out that, you know, he offers him uh, ships to get them, uh, not, I guess, around the wall is the idea. Well, I think the, the, the way it works is they have to go to Eastwatch by the sea, which is the, the furthest e- yeah. east of the, the forts of the night of, yeah. of the wall. And then they're going to take the ships across the bay from there rather than ride around it. Okay. So they're not going to go on the northern side. They're not going to go north of the wall. They're going to go down no, the wall. No, they are going to go north of the wall. They're going would, east first and then north. Wouldn't it make more sense if there is a castle called Eastwatch that's like right there to just go along the southern side of the wall, which is a safer route? Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. So that's what they are doing. And they're then they're go going from, north of the wall after that. Which is but not very far. It's not it's a little hop and skip from Eastwatch. No, it's, to, it's a sizable bay. Like it, it, the, the reason they're going that far is because the bay is big enough that it makes sense to cut across with a boat rather than ride there, right? Okay. So it's, it's okay. a decent size. Because my, my, my impression that I got was that, and I, was, I don't know why I got this, is that they would leave Castle Black. It, although I don't know if they can, they leave Castle Black. 
anymore? Or do they, they, they collapse the tunnel, right? Can they even leave that way? I think there are other tunnels, but either way, they can ride on top of the wall as well to get there. It's, it's large on the, the wall side. Well, they didn't make it seem like... It's, we've been to the top of the wall. I don't think it's big enough for a yeah. horse. <clears throat> they really didn't, but uh, I, 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 the show is different. But in the books, I think what they describe it as something like uh, you'd be able to ride four, like four abreast on horseback with room to spare along the wall. Huh. Yeah, it's not that big in the show. Remember, we had that. We were there earlier this season with uh, Stannis had that conversation with John up there for you know showmanship. Essentially, mm-hmm. he didn't have to be up there, but he was. And there's not that room. It's big enough for like you could walk with four people next to each other, maybe, and and maybe, one maybe. person might be almost falling off. <laughs> well, with most things, they they've they've, they've kind of dumbed everything down for the yeah. show. Like, thanks. Um. Okay, so that's John's plan. Uh, I like the scene with with uh, with Tormund. I, I kind of like. I've always kind of liked him, uh, Tormund, as a character. Um, we see, we know why he's called Giant Spain. He's quite tall. <laughs> um, but he's called Giant Spain because he killed a giant. Well, in a fight. But you got to be tall to kill a giant, you know. <laughs> yeah. So he's also known. Uh, I can't remember what the other. There's another name, but he he fucked a bear once. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So there's a story about his like Tormund Giant Spain, bear lover. It wasn't lover. Something along those lines, though. And, uh, yeah, he fucked a bear one time. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. That doesn't need... You know, I feel like they're going to leave that out of the show. Something tells me. Most likely. Um, so, then John has to go tell his... Um, tell uh, everyone at Nice Watch his plan. His men, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're obviously not very, um, like, happy about it. Even that one guy who said, I'll follow you anywhere... Except for this one thing. <laughs> Dolores Ed. Is that what? His name is Dolores Ed Tullet. How do you remember these things? I just, I got, I can't not. <laughs> so, and he's upset because he reminds us of those two people that we liked from last season that got killed <coughs> in, last, in the, the... Pip and Grin. Yeah. Oh, Pip. And, uh, and then even Ollie, our, the, little, the little boy... He's really upset about it. He's like, you're just. He's like, he can't even wrap his mind around. It. He's too young. He's like, you're just tricking them, right? And you're gonna, mm-hmm. you know. And he's like, no, no tricks this time. And he's just really, he's really upset about it. He, he can't help but feel for the guy. He did see his parents murdered. Well, I mean, in front I, of also, him. yeah, that that makes sense. And the entire Night's nice Watch has kind of been bred to hate wildlings and to kill wildlings. It's, it's not they're not going to change overnight, you know. Yeah, that's true. But when you, as a viewer, and. In the show, as somebody who had seen White Walkers, they know what the real enemy is, and they understand the practicality of John's plan, at least, or hopefully well, some they of them can. do. I guess he'll take the ones that do. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so, again, we also led to believe that the gift is fairly empty lately. Like lately, there's a bunch of empty towns and villages. Um, no one's really farming the land there. Is yeah. That what, is that what we're led to believe? Sort of. Um, there, there were farmers, and then they've been driven away by uh, wilding raids, right? Okay, that's what they say in the show. The gift is a, is an area of land that was given to the Night's Watch by the queen or king at, at some point, a Targaryen. Yeah. So it's a land that they don't pay homage to Winterfell or the North. They yeah. only, they pay their taxes to the Night's Watch. Oh, okay. So they live off the land. They farm. They you know support their families, and then they they pay a certain amount to the Night's Watch, just like they would to their own lord. Or, yeah. Taxes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, but death and taxes. Yeah, a lot of it's kind of empty right now. So John, it makes sense put the wildlings there, give them land. This is what they wanted, anyways. They just want to be on the other side of the wall. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like once you give them that land, they're just it's, you know what I mean. It's like 
you know, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. You know That's the I mean? other thing because part of that, the taxes being paid to the Night's Watch, you you can see a lot of wildlings, you know, like skipping their taxes. Taxes, taxes. You know, they're not gonna... because it requires that they kneel or, or pay homage. Yeah. Right? Um. Okay. Especially to the especially to the Night's Watch, that'd be a little tough for them to swallow. Um. So, but John was prepared for this. This is the whole conversation he had with Maester Eamon. Just, you know, kill the boy, grow up, accept that people aren't going to like you, and just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a scene where Stannis finally decides to leave. We've been waiting for this <laughs> since the, for like... half the season already. Yep. Hey, he's, fi- he's finally fed up with waiting around, and we're fed up with watching him wait around. So he packs up his army... And we get a really, really awesome scene, uh, like shot of him leaving Castle Black out along the wall, which mm-hmm. most episodes would have ended, would have like capped off the episode because that's a fairly majestic, like image, you know. Um, but not in this one. No, sorry, Bob. Um, <laughs> is there anything else we want to mention about uh, John and? Uh, the Night's Watch. There's another little scene with, with Davos kind of telling Stannis that they're not ready yet, but it's not super important. It's just Stannis is, is on the attack. You know he's heading straight for Winterfell. Davos wants him for him to wait till Jon gets back with, with the ships and potentially with allies, right? The Wildlings could join them. But mm-hmm. uh, Stannis is like, no, now's the time because every every episode that they spend waiting at the wall, mm-hmm. the Boltons get stronger. And the winter gets closer. And winter is for sure. Like, within the season, winter will actually come finally mm. well it, there's there's a couple like key scenes where you notice that it's getting more wintry all the time yeah like, there's there's, there's no a, you know, there were callbacks to older like to first season stuff where like it was green and like with grass and stuff and now it's snowy and not green anymore you know um mm. i particularly think of the broken tower in winterfell where uh brand fell out of right Yes. He was climbing he was like essentially climbing on vines and now there's like it's all gray and snow you know um so yeah i mean yeah. we also find out that stannis is taking his family with him which is i guess not a big surprise well you know no big deal he also makes a smart he makes like a pretty smart decision considering it reminds us that hey most of the night's watchmen are murderers and killers and rapists so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know maybe not the best to leave our women and children with them um and uh yeah and uh, is stannis attacking winterfell Jumping ahead of the books is that not happened yet in the books? No, th- this one is actually kind of right on time. Okay, I would say. Okay. Um, I just I, I remember seeing something on Twitter about someone complaining about you know getting ahead of the books or something like that. So I suppose sure. it is closer to the end of the fifth book, but he they they do arrive at Winterfell at closer like around the end of the fifth book. Okay. So this is just halfway through the fifth season. It's Does the outcome bad. of whatever happens there happen at the end of the fifth book? No, so okay. that will be new to me. Okay, okay. When so that I think that's what um, people are getting at then. So let's move to Winterfell since we're talking about it anyway. Okay. We needed a scene to remind us about Ramsay's crazy craziness and how there's other things that people in his life except for his dad. So we get one of those. Uh, it's not that very good of a scene. The uh, yeah, just it just felt so uh, unnecessary. Like, did you really? Did we need this scene? Well, it's one of those things, like, why do we care about his relationship with this girl? You know, like, the, Ramsay serves as, like, one of the few characters that is purely evil, that you can just hate. Yeah. You don't care about whether or not his girlfriend is, is satisfied, you know, like, 
they were adding these re- weird relationships that are unnecessary to the character. Yeah, so Miranda, we she's the... Dynam- we don't need more dynam- uh, dimensions for Ramsey because yeah. he's just an evil well, I dickhead. mean, to be fair, giving dimensions to an evil dickhead does make him more interesting. But And I don't not... know if this made him more interesting. It definitely didn't make him more likable. It definitely no. didn't humanize him in any way. So it, I don't know what person served. We already, like, we didn't learn anything new about him in that scene. I guess it was more for her than for him. Yeah, to so remind people that we, she was alive. Yeah, that she's the kennel someone's daughter, the kennel, the kennel master's daughter. Okay, and apparently they didn't have one of those at Winterfell before, so they needed to bring one from uh, wherever they come from. Uh, well, they did, but Theon killed them. Oh, okay. Oh, obviously. So, <laughs> um, whatever, sex position, blah, 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 move on. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, then we get a scene with Brienne and Podrick. I remember seeing it started with Podrick like walking into a door. I'm like, where the heck is he? I'm like, yeah, they don't do a great job of explaining that. Uh, they're in what's called the the Winter Town. It's is a town outside of Winterfell, but they, they you know they pay homage to Winterfell. And in the when it gets uh, to actual winter, the people from Winter Town will go into Winterfell and, and will be housed there. Oh, hmm. this isn't really. Excuse me, I'm yawning. Yeah. That doesn't uh, that doesn't really make this doesn't seem like there's enough room no. <laughs> it fell for a whole town to fit in there. Oh, but it makes up. sense, I guess, if you get if you get everyone really close together, you could like in winter that might help like conserve wood and like all that kind of stuff that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so they're in an inn in Wintertown, where they don't ever say that, but whatever. And okay, so I'm really uh, concerned with <laughs> with Brienne's um, lack of tact. um and she she's like hey random guy do you you know ned's did you know ned stark (laughs) why yes ma'am i did (laughs) well that's nifty because i happen to know his daughter is in that castle well that's super duper what can i do for you well if she ever needs help why don't you pass along that message to her okay i don't know who you are but that sure sounds great that's pretty much the extent of her plan i think that's not very well thought out (laughs) Especially because, like, okay, I guess you have to assume that Brienne understands that the Northerners hate the Boltons and that they're all, yeah, but you know, I still... See, I, don't, I don't fully understand that because I get that most of them would because of the whole murder at the wedding thing, which is a faux yes. pas, to say the least, right? Um, and they really like the Starks, I, I guess. We're supposed to presume that most of them like the yeah, Starks. Yeah, they they're all loyal to the Starks. They've always loved the Starks. Okay, but the Boltons were one of the families in the North, so... and who had lesser houses like with them, right? So there's got to yes. be there is some people out there who don't hate the Boltons. Yes. Right? Okay, cuz he has an army of some Although some they kind of they kind of rule through fear more than anything else. Okay. So the so she understands that everyone in nor- in the north somehow even though so okay, this bugs me because if the Boltons move into Winterfell, you'd assume that someone who, people that are loyal to them would probably be nearby. Right. Yep. So it's pretty. It's a pretty. I just. It seems like a really risky move to just blurt that out to a random yeah. stranger. Yeah. And not only and that, a, a guy working at the inn. How? Why would you expect that he would have connections? <laughs> to what anyone? is he going to? What are you accomplishing by doing this? I. 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 But it worked. So I guess good for her. Uh, we see that old lady from that two episodes ago that I really liked, who said the North remembers. Which is like their slogan now, and uh, she comes in and tells her that if she ever needs help to light a candle in the highest 
in the at the top of the broken tower, which is again the one that Bran falls out of, right? Surprised that in their rebuilding of Winterfell they didn't fix that tower, but whatever. Um, uh, would a candle be bright enough for them for that to really work? Is my question. Not only that, she's kind of always in trouble. Yeah, I mean, like if Brienne wants to rescue her, she doesn't really need to ask Sansa's permission. Like, I, well, no, she did. Remember, she. I, I guess, guess that's it's true. But... Now it's different now. She's not with Littlefinger anymore. She's in a much worse position. Um, and like, is Brienne's plan to just wait outside until she sees a candle laid up? I guess. You know, like, does ugh. she think that she can see it from her hotel room? I guess it's, like... it's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I just—it's not that it's a whole lot of nothing because it's—it's cool that she's like really nearby. I like that. You know, she could she could pounce at a moment's notice, but it just seems like that her plan. And this has been true of a lot of her plans this whole season. Like, she needs to go about things a little bit more gracefully. Although, again, grace is probably not her... Not her strongest point. No. Um, you know, but Podrick's smarter than that, you know? He should be able to advise her against these kinds of... Uh, these, these kinds of things, right? Love the guy's hat, by the way. Can I just mention? <laughs> he had a really good, like, medieval Classic hat. Classic medieval hat, yeah. <laughs> And you're like, is that like the early um, makings of a toque? <laughs> you know, he just needs like a little. Uh, they are in the north. Yeah, toques. He just needs a little like um, like puff at the top. Uh, what are those things called? I call them puffs, but they have an actual name. Um, and whatever. I call them on. poofs. <laughs> um. So okay, the brand and pod, cool, cool, cool. Then. Uh, then Sansa meets uh, Miranda. She's looking. She's at what the tree, the 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 weirwood tree, right? No, no. She's at the broken tower. Oh, the broken tower. It's, it's it feels like it's the same place, but uh, they're right next <coughs> to each other or something. But maybe I'm 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 wrong. Anyway, yeah. so she's looking at the broken tower because she was just told to light a candle there if she needs to. And she's like thinking about the logistics of how she could get there. Um, I <laughs> presumably thinking about like how she might do that if she actually were in trouble. Um, yeah. And then there's a really, it's a really tense scene. I actually kind of really like it because it's so tense. We know what Miranda thinks because of the scene with Ramsay. She doesn't like her. She's threatened by her, you know, rightly so. And then um, they have this, yeah, there's this, this moment where she's saying really nice things about how, you know, like your dress, really nice stitching. Oh, your mom taught you to do that. Blah blah blah. Then she's like holding her arm and like staring at her wrist. Yeah, You're just like, getting very close. You just can't help but think like she she had her, like a knife. She could just like cut her like just cut her wrist or something like. And you just like and you just worry for Sansa. She again, it just feels like the walls are trying to like kill her there. Even though it's her own home, it just feels like she can't. She could trip and and die easily. You know. Mm-hmm. So and then and then she's like, oh, I have this one other thing to show you. And she takes her to the kennels, which I think is a nice uh, little thing. If you're paying attention, where they mention that she's the kennel master's daughter twice. And they take her to the kennels. And at the very end, you have Reek, Theon. And this really cool mo- I, I just It's so long since last time. It was last time you heard Sansa say Theon. You know? It's been a while. It was just kind of cool to hear her say it again. Um, she's obviously not very happy to see him. Um, we're also reminded, at, not right now, but later on in this episode, that everyone thinks that he killed Bran and Rickon. No one knows that they're alive except for... Does Jon know they're alive? Um, no. No, he never, they, never, Sam they never saw him. Right. Sam met them, and then uh, Theon knows, but other than that, the world thinks they're dead. Yeah. 
Okay. But wait, no, didn't... Whoa, hold on. Hold, hold the bus, Gus. Didn't the Boltons send that guy to kill them? To kill... Yes. Confused. To kill Brandon Ricken last yes. season? Yeah, because the, the Boltons are the only ones who know that they're still alive. So the Boltons know they're still alive. Yeah, well... Th- oh, I guess, yeah, because Theon told Ramsey... Oh, that's that's okay. what happened. I remember he was torturing Theon, and that's how he got that information. Right. Okay. So that's how he knows. That, okay. Okay. Right. Now everyone's caught up. Good. Okay. So then we get a, a really again another really tense scene, but not in the same tense you feel for her life kind of way, but a, more of a tense you can't believe that this guy's being this fucking crazy uh, kind of way uh, at dinner where it's with Ramsay Sansa. Uh, Roos and his uh, and his wife. I don't remember her name. I think it's Walda. I think oh, someone was reading. I was like, the, everyone calls her Fat Walda, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of fun- <laughs> which is funny. Um, so then he brings out. Uh, well, we also get another scene with Theon and Ramsay, but that's not as as important. It's kind of more of just reminding us. The power the relationship, holds, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the what the the power dynamic is, which is obviously very awesome, uh, like pretty obvious. Um, brings him out, uh, and like it's so awkward. Like makes him apologize for killing her brothers, right? Which is again really, super awkward. And then even Sansa's like, "Why are you doing this? Like, stop!" Like she doesn't say stop, but. Why are you doing this? Yeah, and it's kind of unclear why he's... Like, he just likes to fuck with people. You know, he's just messing around. Okay. Yeah. He likes to torture people on any on any level. And he's torturing Theon and Sansa a little bit for no reason. Mm-hmm. Just because it's fun. Is that is that why? Is that why? I, or is he just trying to get in her head? Like, trying to already get, like, his, you know, his claws into her? You know, is... Or am I just reading too much into it? Is he, or is he just such a fucking dickwad that he's just trying to piss her off? Yeah, something? I think it's more the latter because like, he, he he doesn't really gain anything. Like, it's not like she's going to... I don't know. Like, I, I don't, he, I don't, there's no gain there. He already has her. He has everything he needs from her. It's so weird. Like, I don't understand because he spent that first scene with Miranda, Miranda being the girl that uh, the Kettle Master's daughter, um, saying how, yeah, obviously he's attracted to her. He's not blind. Yeah, it's important that he marry her, blah, 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 all this stuff. Nothing that's that screams, I'm going to be a fucking crazy person, you know, and jeopardize this whole thing. Instead, he does be a crazy person and does jeopardize this whole thing, even though, yes, in his mind, it's already sewn up, you know, like it's yeah. already in the bag. They're not married yet. So doing that kind of crazy shit is not going to, you know, is not helping you, you know. So, and I think Ramsey or um, Roos does a good job of reminding him that uh, later on. Uh, anything else you want to say about the dinner scene? Not really. I, 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 I didn't really need it there. It, it, like we said earlier, I don't really understand why Ramsey's doing it other than just to fuck around. Um, I feel like they spent a lot of time in the North with Ramsey and with Roos, and they're characters that we don't really need to see more of other than when they're making an important power play, when they're... When they're affecting one of the main characters you know what i mean yeah yeah so this was just him kind of messing with sansa messing with theon and it doesn't change either of their opinions of him and it doesn't change him as a character and it doesn't move the story along so i don't know i'm at a loss other than that the, you know Bruce is pregnant and ramsey gets to uh you know he he feels threatened by the new baby yeah okay so we find that's the big that's the big takeaway there right that we find out that 
Roos is uh, pregnant. <laughs> or sorry, his wife is pregnant. Uh, with what they are like 95% sure is a boy, which again is weird. There's no, no way, way to know. know that. No way to know that. But maybe that's just Roos fucking with his son. <laughs> and trying to like remember keeping and trying to keep him in line a little. Um, remember your remember your place. You might be, you know, I might have given you my name, but if I have an actual child, it doesn't, you know, they'll have more, you know, uh, authority than you would. So, and presumably would be less crazy, you know, because um, it'd be hard to be more. Then <laughs> um, we have I like the scene afterwards where you have Roos and um, and Ramsey talking. He kind of. Ramsey's being a, he's he's just on a he's he's riding a dicky vibe today this episode where he's like call, he's like calling out his dad for having a fat wife like like how did yeah, you have sex with so her real. you know like and then and then Bruce runs at you like essentially tells him you embarrassed yourself at dinner you know you're embarrassing yourself now um, and he cuts pretty much straight to the the like straight to the the, the you know chase and says that. Uh, you know, don't worry about my unborn child, you know, like, you're, I gave you my name, don't worry about it, I guess, kind yeah. of. Um, either way, it's a cool scene, again, it's important to show the power dynamics between these characters. We we always think that Ramsey has, like, so much, you know, he can do whatever he wants, but Roos is still there to kind of keep him in line, to some degree, you know? He's the only one who can. Yeah, I mean, without Roos, like, Ramsey would be out of control, I think. Even more yeah. of a monster, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It also reminds us that they know that Stannis has an army and is coming down, um, and they're later. making preparations for that. Yeah. Again, I'm just I'm not entirely sure. Like, it's not clear. We don't get a good like sense of like how much people, how many men either of those two guys have. Although you do kind of get a better sense um, when Stannis is leaving. Uh, I'm pretty sure Stannis has the numbers at this point, but okay. But he doesn't all... have a castle, also. No. So, but. Are they done fixing up the castle? It would seem to me that they're still in that like reconstruction phase, you know. Yeah, Last sort of. It's, it's still a formidable castle, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, unless you can fly, it's be tough to get in. There. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's nothing around Winterfell. It's just empty plains, right? Yeah. Um, so unless you have a lot of good siege like equipment and stuff, like there's just nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, okay. Anything we have? to say about the stuff in the north before we move to Jorah and Tyrion? No. Jorah and Tyrion are still on the boat. Um, apparently he just woke up from being knocked out, which I thought was kind of kind of weird. But he gathers that they're heading towards Old Valyria. And I did some reading on Old Valyria um, recently. And uh, turns out Valyria is where uh, Daenerys' like, ancestry is from. Valyria was this like ancient uh, empire that was run by these dragon riders um, and was pretty huge for a long, 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 long time. But then this thing called the Doom of Valyria came, and it's um, as the you know uh, the guys at EW uh, said uh, is very reminiscent of the Pompeii and the the volcano that destroyed uh, Pompeii. But again, it's not it's not clear entirely clear what happened. Uh, in the doom, um, but we do see right. the, the ruins of Old Valyria. So, Dana, can you maybe explain uh, the doom of Valyria a little bit better? The Targaryens were one of the lesser families from Valyria. Of the Valyria was a, a country of dragon lords. They were mm-hmm. essentially like look at it as like the Atlantis of this world. 
So they were the peak of technological and cultural advancement, right? They, they were and, and science too. Like they, they had alchemy, they had all this cool stuff, and they were the best, and they ruled the world. They built all the roads in Essos, like the Roman Empire, sort of, right? <clears throat> and then this huge cataclysmic event happened, and it's very vague as to what happened. It sounds sort of like an earthquake slash tsunami, like, you know, and all these volcanoes explode and all that stuff, and just wiped it off the map, right? So it's, it's Atlantis sinking into the seas, what happened to Valyria, essentially. Yeah. And then the whole point, the whole thing is that nobody sails those waters anymore because they're superstitious, because there's demons and ghosts and foul things, right? Okay. Which um, is why Jor is going that way, because there would be no pirates. But, okay, can, my question is, when they left on the boat, where were they leaving from? Well, he, he captured Tyrion in Volantis. Okay. So does going through Valyria, is that make Geogrog... Geo- geographical sense it actually does it, it would be the most direct route to okay. go across the water that way it's just no one's ever done it before well I'm like sure no one no has. one has ever come back like people who have sailed into valyria have never come back okay um so for any okay all right so it just seems like a risky move you know uh by jorah and mm-hmm. it, it, it's it doesn't seem fully thought out i mean i know he's kind of depressed um I do like the I, I do like the whole story of the Doom of Valyria thing. I, I really like how they re- like um, brought it to life on the screen with this like almost like Aztec like overgrown. Yeah, the architecture empire. is really cool. Um, you, you, like, you can see that it was decrepit, but it, it, at, at one point it was you know the the peak of civilization. Yeah, Tyrion made comments like, "Are we ever going to make? When are we ever going to be able to make cities like this again?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then they both know this little like poem sort of thing about Valyria. Yes, yeah, so there's this well-known poem. Is it like one of those songs that everyone sings um, mm. about the doom? And so the idea is that um, I did some reading about uh, the doom of, of Valyria, in that the Targaryens, one of them had like this like precognitive dream that if something was going to ha- bad was going to happen, and convinced them her family to leave Valyria. Yes, with their three like three dragons is what they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and moved to Dragonstone. That's where um, Stannis was at one time, right? <clears throat> yes. Well, the whole thing with Valyria, much like, again, the Roman Empire is, is a good comparison to make, is like they're, they're centered in Rome, and then they expand, and they kind of take over that whole half of, of Essos, just like the Roman Empire took over most of Europe, right? Yeah. So there's all the free cities, like Bravos, yeah. Volantis, Mir, all of them, they're all remnants of Valyria. They're called the free cities because... There were parts of the Valyrian Empire that were "quote unquote" free, but still paid homage to the Empire. Yeah. And then Dragonstone was the furthest west that the Valyrian Empire stretched, and the Targaryens were one of the were the family that, you know, stayed on Dragonstone, and therefore they were the only family that survived, the only uh, Dragon Lords that survived the Doom, hmm. because they were so far removed. So, wait, if all those if. The Roman Empire existed. I mean, sorry, the the, Valy- <laughs> the Valyrian Empire existed all through Essos. Why did the Doom only? How somehow did the Doom wipe out all the dragon people? Would they not because have been in? Valyria was like was it was like the Roman Senate. That's where all the power was. That's where all the dragon lords resided. Okay, right. That's why I said all those other places are called the Free Cities because they were ruled by a combination of you know lesser Valyrian families without dragons or you know. Uh, remnants of their former civilization that had been co-opted into the Valyrian Empire. 
Okay, that makes sense. So the Targaryens are really the only dragon lords, and I think I can't remember exactly the history, but something happened that brought all the dragon lords back to really a proper right before the doom, and the Targaryens didn't participate in that. They were they were off on their own mm. because of that vision, like you mentioned. Okay, um, and really the doom is what started is what set everything in motion for where we are in today's world, right? Like, yes. Well, the doom happened, and then Aegon. Like almost, yeah. I think it was a couple of years later, decided to conquer Westeros. Okay. To go west rather than east. And then that, and that's what set up everything with the Targaryen dynasty and blah 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 blah. And here we are. Yes. Okay. So that's a lot of blah blah blah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think I don't have time to go through all of it. <laughs> um. So they're going to through uh, Valyria. We get this really cool visuals. We get this really cool poem. And then we get this really creepy shot of this like movement in the background that's not even fully in focus, which I think is so cool. That was so, a nice way to do it, yeah. Oh. And the way it just like like the, it like just started to move, and you like you the way they have it framed is like you know like you're supposed to see it like only after it's moved a little bit more than the first little bit it moved, and then just falls into the water, like and you're like what was that? And the, well, that's what they say. What was that? And then all of a sudden you see more and more of them like coming out. And by the way, as soon as I saw them, I was like, those are for sure the stone men. They've yeah. been dropping hints like... Uh, <laughs> the last couple episodes has been pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah like and like pretty heavy-handed too. It wasn't... I was like... And I called it. I said, they're only saying this kind of stuff because we're going to see them this season. I like... I almost... Go back and listen to our episode. I just hate that it be- it's become so predictable like that. You know? <laughs> but it, it really was. The last two episodes, they, they, they brought it up more so than they ever have in this entire show. And that's yeah. obviously a reason for it, right? It's like, it like what they did before they just went to the Bank of Bravos. Remember? They kept talking about it, like, mm-hmm. like episodes where, like, we're going to see it this season. Right? And then it happened. So the same thing happened here. We, they've been leading up to it, teasing it. And here we see um, what full-on grayscale looks like, which uh, is, I don't know, I feel like they, the, the actual look of the grayscale people wasn't actually that cool. It was more like, it was just like, People with like gray skin is really what it looked like. I thought it was supposed yeah. to look more stone. There's a lot like. of movement. You can't really see like they, they they have scales, but yeah, they're they're kind of just zombies that are gray. Um, so yeah, is that they're they're not they're not capable of thinking anymore? Is that what we're supposed to understand? Yeah, pretty much. Well, they, we don't really know a lot about the. They the, they, the they seem to understand the ability to hide. Like they don't just like you know you, you know what I mean. Like they were. They were creeping around. They must have still some sort of cognitive thought. What's the goal here? Is this to eat them? Is it to like I don't I I don't I don't really attack understand. them, kill them. It's it's not clear, but they're they're also kind of the kind of creatures they in that world they wouldn't understand their motives. So neither can the audience. Okay. Um, so we get this really awesome action scene. I think it's, it was one of the the better ones. Um, and we have Jorah trying to protect Tyrion from. Well, I guess not. They're protecting themselves from this attack. Uh, and it ends with uh, Tyrion like getting pulled under the water and then cutting to black and like staying on black for like the point where like I thought the end so you was thought over. the credits were gonna roll yeah right? and I was like uh, did Tyrion just die <laughs> I said that out loud like, it was almost exactly like that and <laughs> uh, and then no you find out he's not dead it wakes up he's on a beach very like picturesque sunset and uh which also how how do they get there don't know it's not it doesn't really even seem like this like they swim like they yeah he makes that comment about like you're heavier than you look whatever and like which makes it seem like he swam but like that'd be a long swim the mm-hmm. boat gets sunk you know what i mean like i don't under, I, I don't really 
and was he knocked out that whole time? Like if if that's the case, he would sure would have died. Mm-hmm. You know, what so, a job. Okay, but technicalities. <laughs> um, then we get the the real like cliffhanger of the episode, which makes me understand why they ended it here um, instead of on that really awesome shot of them of uh, people of Stannis leaving uh, Winterfell or sorry Castle mm-hmm. Black, which is also pretty like stunning. Which on most other episodes would have ended an episode. Um, uh, and you have uh, yeah, it turns out he has grayscale. Jorah. Yeah, Jorah. What do you think I was talking about, Tyrion? Well, you didn't really make it clear. Yeah, so Jorah has a face scale. <laughs> he walks away, he's get firewood, and then he pulls up the shirt, and we get the... So, now I'm wondering, like, what happens with Jorah? Because we've seen that people can survive it, but it doesn't It doesn't seem like that's, like, the, the, the norm. Yeah, you know? it's one of those kind of, you're done once you have it. Like Stannis mentioned in the previous episode... That he brought in every maester, every healer, every apothecary to heal Shireen, and then she still has remnants of it, you know. Yeah. But for the most part, when you have it, it's kind of like throw them to the wolves, get them out of here. Well, so I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, okay. It's, is this is this outside the book stuff as well? Uh, what it is is much like how Sansa and uh, Jane Poole's characters are kind of combined for this Ramsay storyline, yeah. right? Because nobody knows who Jane Poole is. You might as well make Sansa. Like, yeah. it made sense that one. This is Jorah being combined with a different character. I won't say who yet. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they're getting rid of that character's storyline entirely because it was a fairly big part of the fifth book towards the end. If they are, like, it means they're really streamlining the show and getting rid of, like, a major plot point, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So th- this happens to a different character. It's a similar scenario. Someone has to save Tyrion. Jorah isn't there, and this is what happens to a different character. Okay. So they're... And this is close to the end of the fifth book, so they're just, like, skipping over all that stuff. All right, well, then that sets us up for... And like you said, they either find another boat or it's a long walk. Um, I just feel like it's really interesting to have characters in Valyria where no one else, no one else is, or no one yeah. else has been in a long, long time. Like, I feel like they're either going to learn some... Like, we as an audience and them as characters are going to learn some really interesting things uh, and see some really, really cool things that, you know... Uh, like, you know, no, no one goes there, like, is it just full of these people with grayscale everywhere is it like they constantly being followed by them it seems unlikely but there could be so many other things that like people just don't see or no that's these, very true you know it's like, one of the one of those uh question marks from the books like no one ever goes to valeria in the books because of what's been said about it right yeah. there are a couple areas that have all this mystique around them like valeria or uh, aside by the shadow which is where like melisandre and, and the red priests are from the places you want to see and you want to learn more about, but you yeah. never really get that opportunity. Like, are there are there maybe some like are there maybe people living here that no one even like living some sort yeah. of commu- communities That's that people no one even knows about? Distinct and, like, possibility. Like these are these are things I want to see. Bring the them thing on is, Game of Thrones. with Valyria in the books, anyways. They say that there's demons everywhere, right? In this, they made it, the the stone men, which is fine. But like, you get the impression that there's still magic in Valyria. That this is where magic comes from. Oh. Okay. So there's there's something there. There's there's some mis- mystery in. Well, they say demons, but I would to me whenever like because they see, even mention that in the book uh, or in the sh- not sorry the book in the show, but like to me that sounds more like that's just like superstition. Like that's what people would say, you know, um, about that place. Yeah. Not that there was actual demons there. You know what I mean? Probably in, uh, for the show, probably not because of how much they're cutting. Right? Yeah. Like I've, at this point, I think they've decided to just cut out the Iron Islands completely. <laughs> I guess it's not going to be a part of the show anymore. Just, just, well, they do mention that he's not that Theon is not Ironborn anymore. 
Um, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, there's no spoilers, but like that becomes a much larger part of the show, like in their own way. But it's 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 yeah. so distinct. It's so separate from everything. They have their own religion. They have their own customs, and they have their own storyline. That like it just it doesn't uh, match with everything else that's going on in the show. It only makes sense when it's working with everything that else that's going on. Well, it does. It, it would have made sense, but they would have needed, you know, an extra like season to catch up on it, or like to to fill it in. This season, it would have made this season two seasons long, you know. I, I guess like is that what that how much stuff could possibly be going on on this on these islands in? It's big. It's not. It's not even just on the islands. It's, it's what happens on the islands, and then the results and where where they send people, right? Um, and also in Dorne, it looks like there's a big storyline, or at least two big storylines in Dorne that have been cut to make it, so it's just the Sand Snakes and this war storyline. Yes, so much more that should I happen. I don't. Dan, you you sound very pessimistic about what's going on. I wouldn't be so pessimistic. Is what I would. I would. Well, uh, what I'm basing this on is that the showrunners have been pretty adamant, and they're sticking to this at this point that they want seven seasons. Period. It was seven. I, I thought it was nine. They crazy? said seven. They didn't want to go over seven because at that point, it's seven so to first, nine. Is what I, 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 I think it should be at least nine or ten, given where they are in the books. But they're also telling a very different story than in the books. They're kind of they're they're streamlining it. They're dumbing it down into yeah, you one. Don't, you don't know how far the story goes either. You I mean we've only you've only of seen a piece of the. Of All the I know story is that the there books. are at least two more books, and the books have been getting progressively longer. Okay, Actually, the fourth so. was pretty small, but the the fifth is huge, and the third is huge. So, so I don't know. Like, I don't listen. This is how I wouldn't. They might say they're only going to be seven seasons. I wouldn't hold my breath on that. The show makes them so much money. You think that this is season five? You think they're only going to this? It's only getting more popular every year, right? Well, uh, I'm with you. I agree with you. I'm just, I just, I'm just based I, off no, no, what no. they say. I'm and I'm basing this off of what how HBO likes to make money and the fact that I don't think it's going to be only more two, two more seasons. I just I I can't see it. Yeah, well, I'm thinking it's going to be closer to nine or ten, and that's hopefully good enough to get the story out right. But even then, based on where they are in the books now, I don't think the Iron Island is going to be a part of the show. Well, you can't just, you can't just leave that as a, uh, as a dangling well, That's thread. what I'm saying. It's weird for the audiences because everyone's like, oh yeah, what happened with Balon and the rest of the Iron Island? Like, they're still technically there, but they're just, and like Theon's sister, they're, they're not dead. They're just, what, they just give up? And like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I get the impression that earlier in the series, they had planned to do it a bit more... Uh, like the books, and now they're getting to a point where they have to make cuts, and that's one of the things that was cut. But you can't, okay, I, I just, I don't, you can't just cut out a whole, you, okay, you can <laughs> if we've never seen them or it was never brought up, but mm-hmm. we already, we we deal with a character in Theon on a regular basis who's from there, right? Yes, we but I guess with, his story is more about Ramsay than him. Yeah, no, I get it, but, I mean, like I said, there's a redemption storyline coming in there somewhere. I just, it's gonna happen. Um, I hope so. We've seen his brother and sister, his, uh, his sister, and his dad. We've been to the Iron Islands. You can't just ignore it for the rest of the season. If we never see it again, that would make out like you'd be have to be outraged. Yeah, well, I, I already kind of am. Like, I, it's it's something I want to see. And like you said, uh, the other ones, the other big ones that they cut out, like the one where Jorah has been has taken another character spot, and the one in Dorne, they haven't really shown anything of those. So it's not that I want them to be cut. But I can imagine it being cut, and that's why the Iron Islands is so jarring, is because it was a part of the show and now it's just not. However, um, what was it? I think it was season three when Stannis burnt those leeches and said those names. Yeah. And then uh, Joffrey's dead. 
Rob's dead, but as far as we know in the show, Balon Greyjoy is still alive, but hasn't been touched upon since then. It's, it, yeah. it just doesn't, it's not going to make sense. If he does die in the show, then the leeches do make sense. But two I think they already do does, make sense at this point. But two out of three does not make, that's just, that could just be coincidence. That I was guess. already, that seemed like that was already in motion anyway. The Rob thing seems a little bit more out of, uh, out of left field, but we don't know about Balon. He's sitting yeah. up there in his old throne. And doing you know? what? Uh, presumably not dying or we don't, I don't we don't we don't know that's the point we don't know that's why it's annoying it's just annoying that nothing, there's no none of that um it is interesting to note that uh, we didn't get any Jamie Cersei or Bronn or like anything from King's Landing or Arya, or Arya uh, which is um unusual for the show to to concentrate so wholly on two I mean I guess technically three but really two major plots um, in the North and in uh, Marine, uh, and I guess you could kind of include Jorah and Tyrion's as like the Marine storyline as well. Um, but yeah, because that's where they're headed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, what did you think overall of this episode? Like we said earlier, like I'm not sure if I if I enjoy this format more. This episode felt like a lot of filler, other than the beginning and the end, right? Uh, like, I don't know. I I I think that the beginning felt more like filler. And <laughs> final moments with Jorah and Tyrion didn't, but some of the other stuff was interesting. I thought the, the, the I will, at least with uh, the the Daenerys storyline, there's movement. Like she made a decision, she's sticking to it, and we're going to see change in her storyline finally. Yeah, right. Well, Jorah and Tyrion, we got Stannis. some action, but oh yeah, Stannis left Winter uh, left the castle black. But other than that, the stuff at Winterfell itself was kind of boring to me. Well, no, we also found out that he there's status quos are changing here, man. Stan- John is leaving Castle Black. That's something that hasn't happened in a while. Stan- so is Stannis. Um, we have Daenerys making a big decision, and uh, I mean, I guess what's happening with Ramsay and them is isn't as. I'm saying the stuff at Winterfell itself was kind of boring. Yeah, and we spent a lot of time there. All right, fair enough. I mean, but it doesn't. I, I don't know if it's wasted time because, like, I don't know what else I want them to do in this episode. But we'll see no, what happens I, next. Yeah, no, I would like to rewatch this episode in a less like sleepy state, but. Uh, I uh I enjoyed it. I just I didn't. I enjoyed it because there was, like I said, there was some movement, um, and the rest felt it felt entertaining, even if it wasn't, um, even if it wasn't particularly plot driven. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I think we can uh, we can end it there. We'll be back next week with uh, episode six, unbowed, unbent, unbroken. So I'm not even going to speculate on that, what that's going to mean. Well, I mean, it's pretty. I guess they haven't said it, but those are the words of a house, a certain house. It's not. Yeah, but uh, but again, so because they haven't said it, how would I be able to know that? (laughs) Do some research. No, that's your job is to do that. My job is to ask you questions. All unbowed, unbent, unbroken is like they might as well call the episode Dorn. Those are the words of House Martell. That's it. That's uh, it. Doesn't give you much other than that. Okay. All right. There's nothing really to speculate upon. (laughs) We weren't going to see Dorne next episode. It's speculating. It was speculation to me because I didn't know what that meant. But now that I know, I know that we're going to Dorne next episode. Great. Thanks a lot. Um, Spoilers. Spoilers for what? That we're going to go to... It's probably in the HBO thing, uh, like the episode description, for God's sakes. Um, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Tower Babblecast, where you can listen to uh, me and Daniel spout random... uh, talk about random neat nerdy stuff it's, it's interesting um <laughs> <laughs> follow us on uh, facebook uh facebook.com slash tower of babblecast uh youtube tower of babblecast as well um 
run all the uh, the major social networks. Make sure to like us, subscribe us uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Uh, and like I said, we'll be back next week with episode six. This week's Game of Thrones theme is a piano cajon melodica cover performed by Igor Kreznikov. You can find his music on YouTube. <laughs>